Welcome to The Paleo View. I'm bestselling author and co-creator of realeverything.com, Stacey Toth. I focus on being healthy inside and out through real life, food, and talk. I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne, New York Times bestselling author and creator of thepaleomom.com. I'm passionate about improving scientific literacy around public health topics. I like hashtags and bone broth. And I'm just a super nerd. Welcome back to the Paleo View, episode 378. You're in the upside down world. We're going to call it. Did you know? (laughs) Talk about some current events. Hi, Sarah. Hello. It is so nice to hear you not repeating the same two words over and over and over again because Skype is actually, uh, knock on wood, appears to be cooperating. Listen, we give Skype a lot of grief on this show, but I'm just going to take a moment to say thank you, Skype, for being there for 378 episodes. You're not Mm -hmm. always perfect. But Mm -hmm. you have allowed us to connect with our listeners, and we appreciate you for it. (laughs) We do do appreciate the miracles of the interwebs. Yes. We just wish maybe it could get a little better. (laughs) Just Just a little bit. uh, It just feels lately like every time we try to like record the podcast, we have to like troubleshoot our connection first. But the good news is once we put the fail safes in, for example, recording on 47 different ways and, you know, redialing each other at least 14 times. Once we succumb to all of that, then usually it is stable. Like the system knows, oh, okay, if I mess up now, I can't mess with them too much. And so therefore, <laughs> I can just stay stable. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure that's what the system is thinking. It definitely it, yeah. yeah, AI has come back and this is the way it's choosing to get us for sure. Yes, got it. That's a sarcastic joke for those of you unsure about my dry humor. Just putting that out there. <laughs> Maybe this is your first time listening and we should jump into a show. Oh, gosh, I said should. What's happening? <laughs> it is upside down world. Do you find that people look at you like they're not sure if you're joking very often? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a thing. I, I, I think I've I've known you for long enough to have a have pretty good tabs on it. Yes. Yeah. I, I hope so. (laughs) I hope that after knowing me this long, you can tell when I'm making a joke or not, but maybe someone's listening for the first time and they're like, what is wrong with this woman? And I just need to tell them I have a skewed sense of humor. So (laughs) let's move on. Um, Super serious delivery of all puns and sarcasm. Uh, Okay, so this is a complete side tangent, but I'm going to tell the story anyway before we jump in. Matt has taken to listening to a podcast with the boys. Um, I'm not going to say the name because I, I don't know. We're not like partnered with them and it's not super kid friendly and anyway, but um, (laughs) it's reviews. So they basically read funny like Yelp reviews or different kinds of things. And that's the show. It's just like, you know how sometimes people are super weird about the kinds of reviews that they write. Like Mm -hmm. the show is just reading those weird reviews. And um, 
Finn was featured, he and Matt submitted one. And so now they're like even more in love with it because they heard their names on a podcast. And it was super cute for me because I'm like, that's how other people feel when their question gets read on our <laughs> show. Like, they're like so excited about it. I'm like, okay, guys, calm down. <laughs> anyway, um, one of the reviews, so Finn was sharing the show with me because they love it so much. And this morning on the way to school, he shared a review that said they were they didn't like a Halloween store is the, the short story. And he was like, one of his complaints was that he picked up a witch's nose to, to smell it. And someone told him that he couldn't try on the nose. And he was like, I'm just trying to choose a nose to pick. And his review was, they didn't laugh at my joke. <laughs> I was like, Sarah would appreciate that pun. <laughs> like, I would. I, I had a whole, actually, this is, Fun, uh, another, you know, tangent down the tangent. tangent rabbit yep. hole. Um, I had a whole conversation at the farmer's market um, last weekend. And uh, it was about the value of puns because I, I really see puns as the highest form of humor. You know, it has, it takes, um, it takes a like, uh, I, I just see them as being like a really smart joke because you have to be able to make the association and understand the double meaning. And you have to be able to do that to be able to recognize, right, and and find the pun in because puns aren't planned, right? They they always come out organically, so you have to have that like quick recognition of the double meaning to be able to use the pun. But then you also have to be able to have that like brain neuroplasticity flexibility thing to be able to recognize and appreciate the pun. And I just like to me, it's it they just. They tickle me pink is what they do because I, I just, I love them because I, I just find so much joy in ha ha ha. That word in that sentence has two meanings. Like it, to me, it's just, it's, it's the best. I think puns are amazing. And yes, if I had been there, I would have laughed and then still told the guy not to put the nose on. <laughs> okay. Cause, it's, Cause that is a little bit. Like that's that seems very a very like the next person doesn't want to you know buy the nose. It's that like somebody leaving else your on, underwear on when you try on a bathing suit. I feel like it's uh, a similar hygienic thing. Okay, we're really going down a rabbit hole. Definitely. But let's move on. So this show, I'm just going to apologize to listeners in advance. Is my fault. Um, <laughs> Sarah has a lot going on. She's about to travel and we were talking about what we could do. And I was like, you know what? I'll do this show. So if you don't like it, it's all my fault, but you don't get to complain to me, please don't hurt my feelings. I'm sensitive. Hard exterior, like putting on the inside. <laughs> that so is not a joke. I'm just saying. No, it's not. That's 100%. It's framed as a joke, but it's not one. Yeah, that's one of those jokes where there's truth in the jokes. Mm -hmm. And now we've spent the entire podcast explaining my sense of humor. So I feel like you just really need to move on. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So that said, the show is not sponsored, which means we would love for you to maybe support us this week. Um, But of course, anytime. And we appreciate you listening. That in and of itself is support. Uh, But we also have a lot going on. And so Mm -hmm. we're going to talk a little bit about that. But the rest of the show is going to be about things going on in the world um, that is kind of interesting and fun to to explore. And so it's almost like rapid fire, but our version of it. 
And those of you who have been here a long time know that we are terrible at rapid fire. Mm-hmm. So it'll just be not more like banter that is not witty or fast. <laughs> <laughs> I let's let's let the listeners evaluate the wittiness level of the banter. Okay, that's fair. Right. Um, yeah, I you know I texted this morning. I'm like I like I'm leaving for San Francisco tomorrow morning. By the time this podcast airs, I will be on my way home again, because I'm really only going for a day. I live in the suburbs of Atlanta. So this is like, a for me, these, um, these trips like across the country to do, like I'm going to do a public lecture on the gut microbiome for Sutter Healthcare System Institutes of Health and Healing um, in San Francisco. And for our listeners, uh, you can actually go to the Institute of Health and Healing Facebook page, and you'll be able, they're going to uh, stream it live while it's going on. So you'll be able to go and like watch it after the fact, because by the time this podcast airs, it's already happened. Um, but I'm I've really found um, I think I overcommitted in terms of travel this year, and I've just been finding that travel is. Uh, like wrecking me worse for longer. Um, so I've always, you know, sort of st- said that travel is one like the hardest things that I can do physically. And I have to be really selective about what events I attend, like how, you know, I, t- I try to like, it's almost like um, uh, budgeting my travel in terms of the, the physical effect. So like, oh no, I've already got something for that month. I can't, I need at least three weeks. Like I, I try to, to like, drip and drab my travel to, to manage the effects on my physical health. And I think this year I, I just didn't, um, either uh, this something changed that made my body more sensitive to the travel or I didn't, um, didn't manage it well enough. And I've really felt like I've spent most of 2019 recovering from the last trip. And so I've got this trip coming up and, um, and of course, I'm also doing a three-day workshop um, outside of San Jose, California in February. And I was looking at, you know, reflecting back on, on 2019 and how much recovering from travel really hurt my productivity. Um, you know, like I'm, I, I'm still finishing up this gut microbiome book and I'm hoping to wrap it up um, by the end of 2019, early 2020. But I said that a year ago. Um, And so I've basically been at the same point of nearly done this book for about a year. And it's because I've just I've I've just spent so much time getting over the last trip. Right. The last public speaking opportunity. I love public speaking. I love that. um, I love live audiences. I love that connection. I love being at conferences and meeting people. But it's just it's my, my body doesn't, doesn't, is not resilient to that. So I decided that, um, after this workshop in February, um, and I do, there are still some tickets left, so please come out because that's the last travel I have planned for a while. I mean, there, when I, when I do eventually finish this book, there will be a book tour, but I'm thinking about doing, a very limited number of stops on the next book tour um, in order to try to minimize the amount of travel that I'm doing. So um, I've I've basically decided that for for a while this is it because I have these big projects that I want to do. The gut microbiome book. I have the next three books mapped out. 
Um, I really am enjoying the online course um, sort of medium for for teaching people. And so I have the next section, the next session of the AIP lecture series coming up in March, but I'm also working on, I want to create um, some other big courses like that. So I've just decided that, you know, I'm going to do this trip to San Francisco this week and I'm going to do my three-day workshop in February. It's over President's Day long weekend um, at what's called 1440 Multiversity, which is a amazing retreat center about a 45-minute drive outside of San Jose. Um, but I'm, that's it. I, I've basically decided that I'm, I'm not going to attend any conferences next year. Um, I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'm not accepting any um, speaking gigs and it's self-preservation, but it's also because as I look back at how much I could have gotten done over the last couple of years, if I had been healthy the whole time versus this like constant trying to recover from, from travel, I really feel like, um, you know, things like the gut microbiome book not being done is the direct consequence of that. So I've decided to like pull back and um, and do these these two live events, and then at some point a book tour will be planned. Hopefully, I will actually finish the book, and that will be in probably the second half of 2020. But um, but I yeah I I, I just it's um, it's not a smart use of my time. Even though I love public speaking and I love that forum, it's if it takes away a month of productivity on other projects, then it's hurting my big vision, right? It's, it's, it's really well, it's slowing that, my production. I, it's walking the walk, right? Like if yeah. you know that something is harming your health, whether it's tomatoes or travel right. or alcohol, um, I think we all have to find the ways if we are trying to optimize our health, our health to prioritize those things that make us feel our best. So You've talked on the show before about how every time you travel, your body is really affected. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense to me that that would be something that you would look to reduce in your life, just like all the other things that we talk about. So I don't think you need to feel bad or justify or any of those things that I felt you were trying to do. And I'm like, no, this is just simple. I don't feel like I'm justifying, but I've gone from um, being very selective about my trips to like not like I'm skipping out on paleo effects next year and um, I haven't missed one in I can't I'm really bad at keeping track of years six years I think I went in a row or seven six six um, and uh, you know and I I fortunately you know um, the organizers of paleo effects totally understand like you know, why I've had to sort of pull out of that event. And cause that's a wonderful event. And I still encourage all of our listeners to try to go, if you've never been to a paleo effects, it's an amazing experience and I highly encourage everyone to go. Um, but it was a really tough choice for me to, especially after having, you know, like, of course I'm going to go next year. And then realizing that I, I don't have the bandwidth and, um, I really hit a point in the last couple of months, especially after getting so sick after my travel in September, where I just um, just realized I need to I need to start really thinking about what are the things I want to accomplish, and what serves those goals. And what I want to accomplish is educating the most people in the most rigorous way about 
the whys behind healthy diet and lifestyle choices while respecting bioindividuality and giving people the tools to personalize and ditching the dogma, right? Getting away from these yes and no foods and like good foods, bad foods and getting away from those rules and just really understanding what it is in foods that help us versus what might be in some foods that don't and where lifestyle becomes really important by way of like empowering people with the detailed knowledge to make the best choices for them, uh, given the full context of their circumstances. And the way that I can propel that mission is with things like online courses, things like, you know, detailed blog posts, things like uh, well-written books. And those are all of the things that are getting like shoved to the side as, you know, I do all of this travel where I'm only talking to, you know, maybe, maybe it's like 500 or a thousand people in a room. Like that's the, that's a big audience to talk to, but it's not the, you know, you know, 10 times or a hundred times or a thousand times that many people that I could reach with, you know, a fantastic blog post about a topic or a fantastic course or a fantastic book um, that is providing this like much more detailed information than I can even communicate in an hour on a stage. So I've really, I've really hit this um, point. I, I call it sort of like Marie Kondoing my, my work life um, the past couple of months where I've really, you know, gone through all of the things that I'm spending my time on. And um, I've taken basically everything off my plate that doesn't both um, advance my goals, right? So, so get me towards that place where I am helping the most people make healthy choices. Um, and also something that I, I love working on that is, that is joyful. I'm, I'm really have this like dual criteria for whether or not something stays on my to-do list or falls to the wayside. And, uh, I finally gotten to a point where I'm like feeling, um, really optimistic about the time that I have freed up for working on projects and, and getting things, um, completed. And like, you know, this week I was able to finally launch my blogging course, which I've been working on since May. Um, that is really just my, um, opportunity to sort of pull together all of the skills that I've learned as a blogger to, you know, help teach that to other people who are blogging. Because I think that a lot of how we, we lift this entire movement up is by helping, um, all of these really valuable voices find their audience. And so whatever, whatever I can help aspiring bloggers learn in terms of skills to help them grow a big, you know, audience and have a big impact in the world. That seems really like a, a really important, um, project to have that's maybe not directly related to health education, but has that like downstream effect by, um, by giving, more important voices, the tools to be heard. Um, and so it's, it's been nice to like suddenly start to feel like, okay, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I can wrap things up and, um, and start to see some of these projects that I've been really like struggling to finish because of how spread thin I am constantly recovering from travel and like start to wrap things up. And that, that is really, for me, that's like my 
affirmation that some of the hard choices that I've really had to make in the last couple of months about what I was going to take off my plate were still the right ones. I think it's all about constant reevaluation when it comes to healthy living, period. It's, you know what I mean? Like, I've never once been like, okay, and now I'm doing everything perfect. Um, you know, it's it's yeah, constant evolution, it's constant learning, and it's constant reevaluating to see how your body's changed. I mean, I think I mentioned to you, I know I've mentioned in social media this summer, I developed a metal allergy on my ears and neck, but like nowhere else, not my, like my hands or my wrists don't get irritated. Um what? And I know it's genetic. Is it, a, it comes is from it my an, mom. Is it a nickel allergy? Like so, it's not just nickel really. because I have pure gold jewelry that bothers me as well. <gasps> I know. No. It's, I know it's crazy, and you know how much I love jewelry. Like yes. I have more jewelry than Francesca's is my joke with everybody. <laughs> um, and so, speaking of bad humor, anyway, so. <laughs> That that's not something that existed prior to this summer. I I don't know why it happened this summer, or you know what I mean. Probably all yeah. the stress from traveling and all that kind of stuff just um, came yeah, about. You've and been now, doing a lot more traveling too yeah. this this mm-hmm. past year for sure. And I I recover better than you. Not like it's a contest, but just my body doesn't get hit as hard. Yeah. Um, but the West Coast to East Coast flights. I need 48 hours recovery. Like my body doesn't do well with that either. So I get it. I totally get it. Um, I just want to mention as far as like a, did you know, show we are going to jump into one. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about a new bill for, um, basically preventing greenwashing and personal care products that I'm kind of excited about. Um, It's bipartisan. Don't freak out. (laughs) We talked about (laughs) a previous personal care product safety act on a prior show. And we'll put a link in the show notes, but this one is a new one and they're both on the floor and I'll, I'll mention both of them. So if you're, you know, thinking about switching to safer, I did want to say, did you know, I recently went to Ojai, California for education and training on this. This is my full-time job. Um, I specifically work with Beauty Counter, but I also partner with a lot of other brands who are doing things safer as well. So if you have any questions about all that stuff, that's kind of where I've gone with my lifestyle and my expansion of journey. Um, And if you wanted to try safer samples or anything like that, I do offer them. So three things did you know? One, you can get samples from me. Just send me an email, stacy at realeverything.com. And just like put in the subject Beauty Counter sample and tell me about what you're using and what your goals are. I actually got, Sarah, you might not know this, a lot of listeners um, from the podcast who are either currently using like a lot of the um, homemade stuff that you and I Mm -hmm. both used years and years ago and are looking to switch to um, anti-aging or maybe they continue to have inflammation in the skin or anything like that. And I, I do a lot of troubleshooting with people, whether it be lifestyle or with skincare, and I'm happy to help with that. Um, it is my new passion. So you're welcome to email me about that. Um, and we talked before on the menopause show about getting the overnight resurfacing peel, which Sarah actually tried and liked as well. Um, I, I have continued to use it. Yay. Um, and still, although I, I, I think I've settled in on like once a week is good for my skin. Yeah. Um, cause I was, I think I was a little aggressive when I, cause I loved it so much when I first tried it, I was like every other night. And then I was like, Oh wait, I started getting, especially as the weather cooled down, I started getting a little bit of irritation mm. and I was like, I'm just going to pull back on this. And then pulling back was like, okay, here, like I found 
this the is what my spot. skin really loves. Yeah. I found that sweet spot. For, I'm a three times a weeker. Some people are an everydayer. It really just depends on your yeah. skin type. But I'm that, a once a weeker. Sunday yeah. nights. But it's a great, it's a fantastic nutrient rich product that you can, they brought the deal back. You can still get it for free this month, November. Um, so again, if you wanted to find out more about that or you want some help, um, you can just email me Stacy at real everything.com. And last what I'll say is if you are loving beauty counter, maybe you were inspired by the show I did where I quit my job, um, to do this full time, or maybe you just want a discount. There is half price enrollment special through the 17th, which is like two days after the show airs. Also, do you know what, do you know what else? is on the 17th something really important is it your birthday it is my birthday oh I was like I'm gonna guess and I'm gonna get it wrong <laughs> yeah. yeah so Yay. when this show actually goes live guys it's my birthday weekend and I'm Yay. spending it recovering from my travel to San Francisco if you could see um, me I did a little dance when I guessed right oh uh yeah so celebrate celebrate my birthday by <laughs> checking out. No, I um, I just want to, you know, in part because we're about to launch into this topic about um, your uh, advocacy for policy changes that are, I think, really important to update uh, a lot of these labeling laws as well as um, reevaluating some of the products that are approved for use or some of the ingredients rather that are approved for use in uh, personal care products. Um, but I, I do kind of want to, you know, take this like opportunity to say it's been a, like you and I have been podcasting now for six and a half years. No, seven and a half, year, a little over seven years. Um, did I do that math right? I don't even know. It's a now. long time. We've been podcasting a long time. I think, yeah, seven years. Like <laughs> it's it's because I was actually um this week I uh I just celebrated my eighth uh anniversary of my blog. And I actually wrote about my journey as a blogger this week. And um you actually feature in it pretty heavily, Stacey. Um I, oh, I only, okay. I know. <laughs> Just uh, FYI, I wrote about Hopefully it's good. It's all good. It's all good. Um, but I actually talk about the launch of this podcast as being like one of the key like doors that opened for me that led to a bunch of other opportunities and, and how important um, like meeting you and being, you know, being willing to say yes to this podcast has really like created a a pathway for me to follow as a blogger. And, um, and we have, I think both of us like through that time have not just had our own like personal journeys, but I think we've both been able to really find our voices in the community and the change that we like want to affect in the world. And one of the things that I think is so amazing about your journey is that you've been able to channel this passion for healthy living into this thing that impacts people, whether they're paleo or not, right? Like whether, like, uh, you know, no matter. Everybody what, washes their right? hair Every, or whatever. Everybody, yeah. yeah. Everybody, um, uh, you know, in, engages with personal care products and, um, and to be able to, right. It's not just about 
the beauty counter, but about the regulations that go into the entire industry. And I, I see that passion in everything that you're doing. And it's, it's really neat to see you find that, that voice and that passion in this, I think in this area that is, I think underrecognized, like we both had this part of our journey where we were like, first it was food and then it was lifestyle. And then it was like, Oh, and I'm still spraying everything with this bleach spray, right? Like, um, you know, I'm still putting this thing on my skin that has all these ingredients in it. And like, it's part of, part of the journey to like, wait, I'm suddenly paying attention to my environment and the, the parts of my environment that I can control and to take that recognition and extend it to, you know, lobbying and protesting and, um, and then also empowering people with the knowledge I think is, is like super cool. Thank you. That means a lot. And it has been quite a journey for me. I mean, I, I mentioned to you in a text today, I'm like, it's been over five years since we did a cookbook. Um, and I'm totally okay with that. That's not where our journey is anymore. Although um, I do actually have a couple of recipes that we finalized that I just <laughs> need to put on the blog. And like, because I'm doing all these other things like you, that gets put on the back burner, right? Yeah. So um, I do want to talk about this idea of... Um, where the personal care industry is. And I think what's interesting to me is there's this idea that people have that natural is safe. And mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I'm constantly trying to explain to people is that, first of all, natural doesn't mean anything right now. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, so any brand can put any label on any personal care product right now. And there is absolutely no regulation or definition of what that word means. And therefore there's no policing, right? It's, right. it's a complete like free for all out there. Um, but second of all, just because something's natural doesn't mean it's good for you. <laughs> like snake venom and poison <laughs> ivy are not things that you want in your skincare, but they are natural. So it's, it's really difficult. I mean, I've been doing this for three years in depth. The way that you do PubMed research and science blog posts is what I have become for this community and the way that I dive into the science and the explanation on a lot of this personal care stuff on the blog. And I explain, for example, gluten in skincare and does it really matter or not and for who and all that kind of stuff, because it's not as simple as does it have gluten-derived ingredient or not. It's a lot more complicated than mm -hmm. that. And I think the issue is that there is no, it's, it's so difficult to try to wrap your brain around it. And as a consumer, if you're not spending hours and hours and hours reading all this research and doing all that kind of stuff, you can't just look at a product and know. And that's where my passion for the regulation is coming from. Because when you go and you look at, you know, a uh, food item on the grocery shelf and it says organic or it says natural, there's regulation about what those terms mean, what percentage of the ingredients need to be those things. If it says gluten-free, there's a certification process to a certain parts per million or whatever it is that needs to come out clean for that, right? Like brands can't just go making claims on that stuff and consumers then can trust a label, um, but they can't do that for personal care products. So 
Um, the did you know for this week is there is now a second bill in Congress for personal care products. And the National Cosmetics Act is the second one that's now officially um, under review or, you know, up for people to get on board with it, right? Like this one was just introduced, which means it's looking to garner support. Um, and then it can kind of proceed forward once it has the requisite number of people supporting it. So... And- um, help me help help me understand that process a little bit. So once it has enough, uh, like Congress people sign on to the bill, then it goes to committee. Yeah. Okay. So it won't go to committee until they're wanting to spend the resources for a committee to look into it. Right. Right. So it has to have enough support, and then a committee. Um, and I realized as I was explaining this, I'm kind of like. Um, third grade uh, America, because you're coming from the (laughs) Canadian perspective. Um, But that committee is also diverse, right? So it has people who would be bipartisan, both in favor and not in favor to kind of fully dissect it from um, a fair perspective, right? Like, and so uh, the other one that's up is the Personal Care Product Safety Act. And where that one gets stuck is that in order to pay for the testing of these ingredients to determine if they're safe or not, and this is the reason why it really hasn't gone through, is because the act says that they would charge the companies making the personal sale, uh, personal product acts, i.e. the manufacturers, um, a small fee for those oversight activities, same way that they do for medication and medical devices. Um, and that's where the companies are like lobbying hardcore. They don't want that because they don't want to have to obviously yeah, cost them money and exactly it'll that impacts their bottom line like exactly yeah so this one the national natural cosmetics act i actually think might go through faster even though the other one has been around longer because all it does is seek to define what terms mean like natural and organic so um i will read you a little bit from the press um, release. We will put a link in the show notes. You can read the full thing yourself. But um, this one is sponsored by Representative Sean Patrick Maloney from New York. Um, And so he says that the act would define the terms natural and naturally derived ingredient as they relate to personal care products. There hasn't been a major federal update to cosmetics regulation in over 80 years. Um, It was 1938 that the um, Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act um, falsely existed. So falsely uh, labeling products as natural does not qualify as misbranding because that wasn't defined in 1938. Um, And currently the FDA has almost no authority to take these products Mm -hmm. off the shelf. For too long, companies have been allowed to regulate themselves while consumers pay the price. Um, So his quote is, right now the FDA doesn't consider it misbranding for companies to label products as natural, even if they contain toxins like coal tar, asbestos, and other harmful ingredients. That's just not right. We're talking about safety and health of millions of Americans who use these products. My bill will set the standard for natural personal care products and do right by American consumers to put transparency first. So let me back up a little bit and say, and make it really clear. What he's saying is the FDA has no authority to do anything about a product that is labeled as natural that contains products known to cause harm to humans. Like that to me is just crazy. And as consumers, why this continues to be allowed just like blows my mind. They also don't have, I mean, we, we, the last time we, we talked about, um, the regulations around cosmetics, we were talking at the time there was a a voluntary recall 
on yeah. Claire's makeup, I think it was, that contained asbestos. And like it wasn't, there wasn't even an ability for the FDA to enforce yep. the company to take their product that had been tested positive for asbestos off the market. And it was basically up to the company whether or not they would. And yep. there ended up being like so much public pressure that they they did, but it was um it was so, I remember just that feeling of frustration of, um, you know, the, we know that the skin is a, basically a semi-permeable barrier, that there are plenty of chemicals that enter the body through the skin and including a lot of the problematic, uh, and toxic harmful chemicals that can find their way into and skincare not just the skin. products. It's also the yeah. things that you breathe, like powders mm -hmm. or sprays. And that's what really concerns me is these powders, for example, the makeup that you referred to that had asbestos in it was a powder. And that being breathed as you apply it to your face is a lot more absorbed and harmful mm -hmm. than on the skin. And that's, again, something that like, I didn't realize until I dove into the science and the research on, you know, people used to ask me all the time, well, what do you recommend I switch over first? And I used to say, well, what do you put most on your skin? Or what do you use most? Because those things I figured were the priority. But then when I learned more about the absorption rate of things that you breathe or eat, and how much more harmful that is for your health. Um, we're talking, you know, 60 times <laughs> the way that it's absorbed into your body. Like then I started saying anything you spray or any powders because those things are being breathed. So yeah, it's, it's insane to me that, I mean, let's back up. I'm not just talking about like the nice products that maybe you're using or, you know, like a, a, maybe it's a better brand, but it's not the best brand or whatever. You know, I'm talking about the stuff that's at the dollar store and at Walmart for super cheap. And the people who can't afford better are poisoning their families with products they don't understand are so harmful for them. And the FDA knows that those ingredients are problematic and there's yeah. nothing they can do. That's my passion. It's, it's like you said, it's not about beauty counter. What's interesting to me is in both of these press releases by the senators, they reference beauty counter. Um, it, it's because beauty counter is on the forefront of putting lobbyists there and um, trying to protect human health. Their mission is to quote unquote, put safer products into the hands of everyone their mission is not to put their products into the hands of everyone. Yeah. They want everyone to be safe in what they use and what they're consuming on personal care products. So to me, my passion is to help educate people. You can't trust the labels you read, like all that kind of stuff we talked before. What you can do is scan products that are in your home or that you're considering buying on a free app called EWG. Um, the Environmental Working Group has um, products for cleaning you know, you can mm -hmm. look at the cleaning products that you're using because there's just as many dangers there. You can look at the what's called the Skin Deep database, and that's the for the personal care products. And you can like scan a label, and I would say maybe 50% of the products are listed. Um, it's if they're not there, it's because the company is intentionally not participating. So I can't imagine that it's a good thing that it's not there, or because it's a really small company that yeah, is say, not yet I've, participating. I've certainly looked, tried to look up because um, I've been in like the whatever, like 
baby moisturizer aisle and target mm-hmm. and like trying to like look up the EWG rating on products. And there's definitely some small companies that just haven't expanded, right? They haven't, they're like just trying to keep up with yeah. like how to produce enough of their product to now be in a store. And they're just not at a point yet where they can, um, like they, they just haven't expanded to that point yet. So, um, there's definitely, I think a lot of small companies that are doing really amazing work that as the companies grow, they will eventually find them, you know, they will eventually be participating in that database. They're just not quite there. And with regulation, if we do get these acts to go through, then it's a lot less concern and burden on you as a consumer to do all this research and try to figure it out and whatever, right? So the EWG says that they estimate the average adult uses 12 personal care products. So I, I think not to categorize, but in general, I would say, you know, Matt uses maybe four and I'm going to use like 25, right? But the average person uses 12. <laughs> and if you average that out, it's 12 each. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Matt's like, can this body wash be a shampoo and um, <laughs> like all these things? Yeah. Um, and so of those 12, those people are, are exposing themselves to 168 unique chemical ingredients. So this is where these regulations come in to know of those, let's say 168 chemicals, which of them are safe or not, or which of them are truly natural or not natural. Um, And so this, let me jump into the second one, which we talked about before still exists, the Personal Care Product Safety Act. It was revamped in March of this year. Um, The person who originally wrote it is no longer in office. So it had to be sponsored by somebody else. And when they sponsored it, they changed it a little bit, but it's still called the Personal Care Product Safety Act. And its goal is to... um, strengthen human health by testing the ingredients. So it's a little different. The first one like labels them as natural or naturally derived. And then the second one is saying what those chemicals are. Whether or not those ingredients should be acceptable for use. Because some synthetic ingredients are not dangerous. Sarah and I talk about science all the time. Like just because something was you know, made in a lab doesn't mean that it's dangerous, but we do need to test it and we we need to know what what could cause harm? Does it interact with another thing and then become harmful? Is too much of it a problem? You know, there's all of these questions and we don't know because there's no testing and there's no requirements. So um, in this case, um, it identifies like the top five chemicals that it wants to look at first. And um, two of them are given as examples in the press release, one being um, formaldehyde. So it says, for example, according to Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, you notice that these press releases are like from senators referring to government agencies. This is not like a private thing. These are all to help everybody across the board. So the CDC says short-term exposure to formaldehyde used in smoothing hair treatments, for example, um, it's also in nail polish, has been reported to cause a range of negative health effects, including headaches and shortness of breath. Long-term exposure to formaldehyde has been associated with increased risk of cancer. So we know that there is this ingredient in personal care product um, out there and that it has been linked to problems, including increased risk of cancer. And yet the CDC, the FDA, no one can do anything about it um, until this act goes through, for example. 
Um, anyway, so it talks about a couple of other things. I'm not going to go into detail on all of them. Um, their goal is to be able to test things. And then also the act would include things like being able to recall products that they find out threatens consumer safety. So the example that you gave Sarah about finding asbestos in a product, like the FDA needs the power to recall that, pull it off the shelf. It's not, it's not voluntary. Like <laughs> it's gone. It's not safe. It's gone. Um, and so if you are interested in asking your representatives to support either of these bipartisan bills because people won't sign on to sponsor it and get engaged if they don't hear from their constituents that it's something that they're passionate or interested in about. Um, Beauty Counter has created a, a text bot, essentially. So you can text Better Beauty to 52886, and it will take you to an automated form that in less than two minutes, you just type in your personal information and it sends it off. And you can do this like Every, I don't know, every couple of months is how often I do it because the letter and the form does change. And it says now, if you sent it when I talked about the Personal Care Product Safety Act before, this time it would also include supporting the new um, Cosmetics Act. So you can just send that and it takes you less than two minutes. The um, letter is automatically generated. You and just need to put in your personal to info. Your like Senator, your personal representatives, exactly based on your zip code. Yep. So you just have to tell them like your name and your zip code, and then it'll generate a form for you. And you just push send. Like it's amazing. Um, so I'll say that again, it's better beauty five, two, eight, eight, six, and it will be then helping you ask your representatives to support these bipartisan bills. Whew, that was a doozy. Look at me. That's the upside down. I'm talking about things. Um, Sarah. Yeah. Speaking of EWG, did you know that the Clean 15 and Dirty Dozen change each year? I did. <laughs> I, but, but, I mean, to be fair, it's in part because I have included the most up-to-date version of the Dirty Dozen and Clean 15 list in all of my books. And so every year as I'm writing my book, or if the new list comes out as the book's being going through editing and design, I've updated those lists. Um, and because books, you like, you don't update them. Like, I mean, like blog post, I can update whenever I want, but a book, uh, not, not so easy. Yeah. I've also had to, and actually EWG makes this easy is they talk about the types of foods that make it onto the lists frequently. So it's not just about um, what foods are on the list this year, but what you know types of foods tend to be grown in these totally. conditions. Yeah. Um, and looking at trends, right? Because there are some areas uh, where it's getting worse and worse and worse, and there's some areas where it's getting better and better and better. So um, I think EWG not only is really fantastic at, you know, repeating that testing every year, expanding their testing every year, and like really making sure those lists are up to date, but also about empowering people with the knowledge of, um, you know, yo, spinach is like always on this list, but like leafy greens in general are, you know, tend to be on there. Um, and then they also will do things like, hey, you know, you peel oranges, right? Like there's, there's, if there's, there's a barrier, there's going to be less pesticides underneath yeah. the barrier versus not. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, um, I think they have a really balanced approach to it, um, which I think is really cool. So I 
I'm glad that you talked all about that. I just wanted to go through the list for 2019 because I don't think we actually. I don't think we did. And done it's that. almost the end of the year, but exactly. Like, let's, and we let's did do. do it. We did do like our Earth Day show where we talked about a couple of the other things that we're going to talk about. And while I was on EWG's website, I was like, let me just grab this because I think it's pretty important, um, especially as you're looking to save money and shop safer, um, knowing what things are non-organic and better for health for that purpose um, makes it consciously like, oh, these are, I know I can get these non-organic to save money. And then it helps me prioritize the things that are on the dirty dozen that I want to make sure I do get organic. So mm-hmm. I always just check that list and encourage you to do it. Put a link in the show notes. It's again on EWG's website. EWG is a, like a th- third party we're not associated with in any sort of way. They're a nonprofit organization that just seeks to provide education to consumers on all fronts for safety and healthy living. So um, the Clean 15 this year, avocados, which I was super surprised to see. I will point out um, that in my opinion, buying fair trade or avocados is important. And um, I learned that off of a Netflix show, Rotten, which is also on a list later. But um, conflict avocados is a is a thing that's definitely happening around the world. Uh, bananas, chocolate, coffee, they're all on like this list yeah. of... There was actually um, uh, an NPR story, I think, mm. this week or last week about... Um, avocado growers in Mexico, I think it was, and like how the drug cartels are Mm -hmm. like totally extorting those Mm -hmm. farmers. And it was uh, eye-opening and crazy town. Yeah, it is. You're going to love that show, Rotten. I'm going to I'm going to love it it or I'm going to be very upset about it and start signing. You're going to like that the show is giving you information. Okay. Excellent. (laughs) Okay. So anyway, on the clean 15 is avocados. Just be aware that there's some other things to know about avocados. Um, sweet corn, pineapple, frozen sweet peas, onions, papaya, eggplant, asparagus, kiwi, cauliflower, cantaloupes, broccoli, mushrooms, Woo-hoo! honeydew melon. So a couple of those really surprised me. Mushrooms, broccoli, cauliflower, and asparagus all don't have an outer shell. And they're things that we buy organic regularly and so I'm like hmm we could have been saving some money Um, especially there's a those are I would say uh broadly speaking sometimes the difference between the conventional and the organic price is pretty minimal and it's an easy thing to like Mm -hmm. oh get organic it's only 50 cents more or whatever it is but those are things like I feel like organic asparagus is double the price Mm -hmm. of non-organic approximately Mm -hmm. yeah yeah anyway enjoy that friends good good on you um dirty dozen these are all things like we mentioned that you're you're eating straight from the field they don't have a shell they don't have a protection on them so that's why the pesticides go right inside and have a higher concentration strawberries spinach kale nectarines apples grapes peaches cherries pears tomato celery potato and hot peppers, which we don't have to worry about. <laughs> I'm like, well, but there was a few other things on there that yes. are like, mm, I like those all the time. Yes. Um, I don't know how, uh, let's, let's just say this is okay. This is something one of my local farmers told me that makes a lot of sense to me, but I haven't gone through to sort of like validate this. And I don't know what EWG's standpoint would be on it, but around 
uh, where I live, a lot of the local apples, we have a lot of local apple, apple orchards and they, uh, do what's called like minimal pesticide use. So it's not zero, but they specifically spray with, uh, something that's considered, you know, safe, uh, at a specific time when the apples are particularly vulnerable and then they're not sprayed again the rest of the time. So they use other management strategies. Um, so there's, you know, that, you know, by and there are cleaner, sprayed. safer pesticides. I yes. will say like, it's, it's not all one size fits all. And so it is a question that I ask our farmers as well. We've talked about this years ago at the farmer's market, like just because something isn't technically classified as organic, which qualifies under that FDA regulation that does exist for food. Um, maybe they didn't go through that approval process, or maybe it's because they use less early on mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Um, there are variations of safety. I just think it's important to be aware that these are the foods that you need to be yeah. considering when looking at not buying non-organic. Um, well, my boys love grapes. They would eat yeah. grapes every day, all day if I bought mm-hmm. them. But organic grapes are really expensive. And so grapes is one of those like sometimes special foods for us. Yeah. Apples, we can get organic apples in a bag. Like they're, you know, they're hearty, they're easier. But, you know, to us, grapes are a special food. A lot of these we, for example, we don't really buy pears, um, you know, tomatoes <laughs> we don't eat. Uh, Wesley does, but we just get him organic cherry tomatoes so that, you know, he can he snacks on them like candy, but, um, spinach is pretty easy to buy organic. Um, we get, you know, just like bags of the organic, um, baby spinach a lot. Um, and it's not that hard to find or that much more expensive, or maybe I'm just used to the price. I don't know. Um, and strawberries is one of those things where we just eat it locally when it's in season, because otherwise it's impossible to get organic, you know? So mm-hmm. some of these things you just, got to know about. And, um, anyway, wanted to share, wanted to share the list of, did you know, this week is just a hodgepodge. Um, (laughs) You have anything else to add or do you want to, we'll call it the, did you know, hodgepodge? Did you know hodgepodge? Um, no. So uh, expanding because part of me was thinking like, well, you could technically, I suppose like peel nectarines or peaches or pears, and you can certainly with apples, but I wanted to, what this farmer told me was that the way they spray the the pesticide sort of like drips off the sides but it'll pool around the stem and he said always 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 when you're eating apples like make sure not to eat the skin close to the stem at the top because that's where it's concentrated so he's like if you cut an apple like cut that little bit of the peel of the apple off and that if you do that, you are like avoiding like 98%. I mean, he pulled that number out of his hat, but like, but you're avoiding the vast majority of any pesticide residues that might be on it. So just, just as a, that makes sense to me. I haven't verified whether or not anybody's actually measured totally a difference, yeah. but it makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to other, did you know, EWG things? Mm-hmm. Did you know that there is now an EWG verified perfume? No. Right? This is super exciting to me. I discovered it a couple of weeks ago and have tried out the brand, which again, we are not associated with. I wish we were. Um, The company is called Henry Rose and it was started by, of all people, Michelle Pfeiffer. And 
there are five perfumes and they're all fragrance free. So I've talked before on the show about fragrance being <laughs> Sorry, a loophole. I do find I, I do find the <laughs> fragrance free uh, perfume to be a very very funny collection of words. I know when I write about it, like I did a, a newsletter about fragrance, and I was like, I was using myself fragrance like perfume and I had to go back and I'm like no 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 it's fragrance free it's a perfume (laughs) like they do have a different definition so fragrance in and of itself if used like in quotations as an ingredient um, is allowed to encompass anything in the personal care product world because smells exactly or even not like if if a company defines it as being part of their trade secret recipe, they can throw it in there. So it's often a place where parabens and other known chemicals that consumers are trying to avoid will hide so that it doesn't show up in the ingredient list. So my rule is anything with fragrance in the ingredient list is something I do not use because you don't know what's in it. You you just don't. Um, EWG has an article where they showed like on average, 14 unknown chemicals or something like that. I have to go back and look at the chart. I, I don't remember off the top of my head, but there's a ton of um, the majority of, of ingredients that are found there are not tested for safety and, and all that kind of stuff. So um, fragrance was something that I gave up years ago, which meant perfume was something I gave up years ago. And I've, it's not like at first I did miss perfume. I'm going to be honest. I really enjoyed smelling nice, especially as we switched to safer deodorants and things like that. (laughs) Um, but it is one of those things that you spray, which means it's absorbed even more. So it's just really important. If there's like one thing that I would tell people to give up right away, it would be a fragrance perfume that they're spraying. Like that's just, um, that's a huge toxic load for your body. So I loved that there are a couple of brands out there that make perfume that um, are fragrance free, but none of them have gone through the EWG verification process. They might be listed as green in EWG, but verified means like they've gone to another level of scrutiny and been tested and all that kind of stuff. So this is the first EWG perfume that is verified just thought I'd put it out there. I myself, um, really like two of the five cents. Um, and you can get like a five pack for 20 bucks, like a trial set. And then if you decide to buy one, they give you a code for $20 off. So it really doesn't cost you anything if you end up buying one, which I thought was pretty cool. So, uh, again, the brand is called Henry Rose. You can check it out yourself. And I wish I could give you an affiliate link, but alas, (laughs) Just free information. (laughs) Um, This one was a cool one that Matt wanted to share because he has been doing research as we look at new homes. So I'm excited um, to talk about this because I know it's a passion of yours. Mm -hmm. Sarah, did you know there's a 30% tax credit for installation of solar power on your home? Yeah, I did. (laughs) (laughs) i did because it's it's on our we've been actually doing a lot of work in our house um in 2019 to get rid of single-use products we've now switched out all of our like paper products to renewable um products like bamboo um and like sugarcane or corn husk tissues and paper towel and toilet paper like we've um, really like we've, we've really, I, and I'm actually gonna, I'm, I'm working on a blog post to sort of share like all of the things that we've switched this year. We, we really went all in on like what, what are the single use plastics and even like, what are the recyclable plastics that we can, um, minimize as well. And we've, we've 
worked really hard at that as a family. And one of the things on the wish list is to get solar panels. And it's um, something that we've looked at and, you know, uh, time is not, not, not right right now because it would take where we are with the tax credits um, and the um, selling the power back to our um, countywide um, power company. But they would pay for themselves in about eight years, um, which is like super cool. But it's it's the upfront investment for us is still is still the thing. Uh, and I'm not sure the Tesla ones are. I'm still researching those ones because you rent <laughs> okay. you rent them right. You rent them. You don't buy them. It's a whole different yeah. system. Yeah. Well, Matt's math says five and a half years, so I'll break it down. But between the tax credit and then you would save four on average. Obviously, this doesn't apply to everybody. So I'm just going to put it out there. This is the average homeowner would save $400 per kilowatt per year. On So on an average 500 kilowatt system, you would save $2,000 a year. So between the tax credit and the annual savings, which are just sol- switching to solar would be paid for in about five and a half years. Yeah. And they have a lifespan of 20 years. So that's like 15 years of just pure savings. <laughs> um, so he's like totally bought in. Plus he says that it increases your home value an average of $30,000, which I would not have guessed either. And I don't know that that's accurate, but that's Matt's research and he stands by it. Um, so we are definitely looking at some of the homes that we've been looking at have solar already installed, or um, we will be making plans for when we move in. Like, okay, these are the things that we're going to do yeah. when we move, like just associated in our brains. Like this is a sunk cost because it's happening. And I think that's easier than <laughs> yeah. kind of what you're doing and looking at as changing over the house you already have. Like, you know, when you start fresh, you can plan a little differently. So, well, and you can, you can sort of wrap it up into your initial costs and stuff. Yeah. For us, it's also, we are one of the things that's sort of hesitating for us is we have started talking about whether or not we want to try and move closer to the high school, um, because we're like 20 minutes away from it. And so we're just looking at, you know, as our kids age, if we want to move to a different neighborhood in this area. And so that changes the calculus too, because then you go, well, then we won't be in this house long enough to break even. Yeah. So is, is it, you know, so maybe it's something that's good safe. Or, but if it adds value to your home, which according to math, it would maybe, or according to Matt, it, <laughs> to Matt according math. to Matt's math. Um, so maybe it does. But mm-hmm. I just want to put that out there for people because I do think that we talked about the the Earth Day show. We talked about a lot of that stuff and um, climate change and how we can all help leave uh, less of a carbon footprint on the Earth. So it was a cool fact that we're learning as we house hunt. Um, speaking of climate change, Sarah, did you know that September 2019, not July, September 2019 was Earth's hottest month ever. Um, I think that, specifically that North America. The weather we had in Hotlanta because yeah. it was insane. We had days, um, several days over 100 here, which is not seasonal weather for even Atlanta for its reputation for being a really hot city in September. It was insane. Yeah. So I did just double check the link reference. It is North America, but it was hot for the earth, but specifically it was the hottest ever in North America, even more than July, which is just, that's crazy to me because it's, it's supposed to be getting into fall in September. Um, another thing that just put, 
perspective on something for me in a really concerning, disturbing sort of way is that on July 31st, in one day, Greenland lost 11 billion tons of ice. 197 in the month of July. I think I have a harder time you know, your brain can only understand like so much big, yeah. right? Like I think I have a harder time understanding 197 billion over a month than I do 11 billion in one day. Like that is just, to me, this is why we do all the things that we do on the show. We talk mm-hmm. about not just lifestyle, but like sustainability and, you know, what can we do not just to give back to our own health, but for the health of future generations and the safety and sustainability of the planet. Um, and so anyway, just wanted to share with that <laughs> to encourage that solar power. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I, and I mean, I would, I would sort of reference people back to our Earth Day show because we did share a lot of different strategies for lowering carbon footprint, um, and, um, you know, and, and things like, uh, you know, even things that you can do to help sequester more carbon, like, planting things in your yard. And, and I think, um, you know, that was for me, that show was right at the beginning of, we were, um, as a family, we were engaging in changes and getting very upset that our recycle service didn't, you know, take glass and then trying to figure out the recycle depot where we could now take our glass, which we do. And like, we, we, that was like right at the beginning. And, um, and so there's a lot of really good ideas that we've shared in that show that we were just starting to implement. And I can tell you now, six, seven months later, after having um, like ex- like expanded on all of those things and, and gone even farther, I can say that actually one of the things that's been a really, um, a really nice part of that journey, because I was looking for ways to basically reduce our carbon footprint. We have a, a saying in our family that is, but the planet, that's the whole thing. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and we'll just like, we'll have, we'll have this conversation and then, you know, oh, what, can I, I, I want to grab a snack for the car. Can I, can I put it in a you know, plastic bag? But the planet, okay, I'll grab a, <laughs> I'll grab a like, you know, gl- glass container. Great. Um, and so it's, it's become like this little mantra in, in the house. And one of the things that's been really neat is not just how much my kids have engaged with this, but that really it's been easy. Like I switched back from using, um, uh, like those kitchen wipes to, uh, just having like a branch basic spray kitchen cleaner and a microfiber cloth. And I really thought that that was going to be a hard transition for me because I, when kitchen wipes were a brand new thing, I was like, this is the best thing in the world. And I don't know why I would ever use a cloth again. Um, and now I'm like, oh no, wait, I'm like, I'm throwing something out that cut down a tree every single time my counters are dirty. I don't need to do that. I can, you know, get this cleaner that gets, you know, refilled in the same bottle every single time. So I'm not buying a new bottle every time and a cloth that when it gets dirty, you know, I have enough, I have 10. So I have enough that even some days of the week I can use two, like, and I just throw them in the laundry and it's like, it was easy. And that was the thing that for me was, um, I think looking at a lot of the things that we can do to, um, reduce carbon emissions and contribute to the, 
you know, that whole equation in terms of um, global climate change, a lot of it just seems like we're giving we're giving something up, right? We're giving up convenience. We're giving up, uh, you know, a, a favorite thing, and it it can feel like it's going to be hard and it's going to take more time. It's going to take more work. Or it's not going to be as good. And one of the things that's been really neat for our family's journey is realizing that that's not actually true, that there are really great solutions for a lot of uh, places where we would otherwise be, you know, using single-use plastics, for example, that are um, that actually save money in the long run by the time you would have gone through, you know, two bags of uh, or two boxes of that, you know, uh, plastic bag, you know, now that silicone bag has paid for itself. Um, so there, and how much better it is, yeah. how much better it is for your health too. For sure. Right? Getting rid the, of the, the plastic exposure, microplastics and all exactly. that good stuff. Yep. I mean, terrible stuff. I mean, good stuff in the like, not good stuff. My little black heart grew a little bit when you talked about liking branch basics because that's something that I introduced you to you and did and I have completely switched to them I even just Yay. um we just started I told my husband like I was just on the branch basics website the other day this is this week um discovered that they actually have a recipe for how to use it as a dishwasher detergent nice and we are we are trying it and we're, like they have a depending on the hardness of your water it's either one capful or two capfuls and you can either put it here you can put it here and so we're just experimenting with our dishwasher and our water we don't know what's going to be optimal yet but we we've we've actually replaced uh, a lot of like it's now my my I use it for everything. It's my hand soap in every bathroom. It's my laundry detergent. It's my bathroom cleaner. It's my kitchen cleaner. The, I think the only thing that I have been even remotely underwhelmed is it is a glass glass cleaner. I still prefer vinegar. Um, but like everything else, like I I can't believe what, what like it's such a good laundry detergent, and it's basically a byproduct of sugar manufacture it's gene it's just it's fantastic yep. yay thank you you're welcome i don't know if our podcast code is still good um but i know that branch basics is going to have a really good black friday sale mm -hmm. um and so if you want to take a note, friends, you can get 20% off with code THEPALEOVIEW through Black Friday weekend. I think it's good on everything. It might just be good on the sets of like their original starter sets mm -hmm. of laundry and um, cleaning. But either way, 20% Black yeah. Friday weekend. So um other Black Friday, uh, did you know Black Friday is coming? <laughs> Other favorites <laughs> and previous sponsors of the show, ButcherBox, and I know Beauty Counter will have one. I don't know if you know of any other people that are going to do big Black Friday sales, Sarah, but um, I know I we know, both. I know one person who's planning on having a big Black Friday sale. I'm going to guess it's you. I'm assuming the listeners. Teaser and not give any other information. I'm going to assume listeners can find out through your newsletter. And I know we will be doing a newsletter as well about um, 
a specific special that only I am offering with Beauty Counter in addition to um, their Black Friday sale. And then we'll do, both of us, I know, we'll do like a roundup of different things that we're finding, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, things like Instapot on Amazon, all that kind of stuff we try to mm-hmm. do a roundup of as well. So make sure you're on our newsletters. We are going to put links in the show notes, but you could just go to both of our blogs right now, The Paleo Mom, Real Everything, and... It'll be right there it's, for you. It's, it's, you know, we do try to make it easy for you. Yes. All right. Last thing. And last thing. Um, we've mentioned a couple of these already on the show, which is why I kind of threw it in because I figured we'd talk about it. Did you know there are really cool family-friendly shows that help educate about topics like these, food, health, and more? And I know is that you there? know the answer to that is yes, yeah. because <laughs> you were inspired by watching Planet Earth on Netflix. But... Um, in general, I think now that the weather is cooler, like sports might be over, maybe you're snuggling up by the fire over holiday weekend and you're ready to watch some shows and binge together as a family. I wanted to share some that we have loved watching together and have educated our family in some sort of way. Um, and you can put them on your watch list to spend time with your family as well. So we talked about Planet Earth, Sarah, mm-hmm. um, your family was inspired by that. I talked about the show Rotten on Netflix. Mm -hmm. it's an episode by episode show and some of them might be more appropriate age wise than others. So for example, there's an edibles show that you might not want to watch with your younger kids. Um, but mommy, what's an edible? Exactly. Tell me about that. I mean, maybe if you live in California or Colorado or wherever, it's not a, you know, something you mind talking about, but if not, just FYI, you can choose to watch specific shows. So I gave examples of avocado. There's different kinds of topics that they talk about um, how the industry of that particular thing kind of corrupts whatever it is itself. Um, And it's just a good education to, to learn about. There's also a show we really like on Netflix called Explained. Have you guys watched that, Sarah? No, I haven't even I heard think of it. Really like it. They talk about um, so, for example, there's one um, about stress and anxiety, and it talks about it shows the mechanics of your body and why biologically we originally had stress and anxiety and how that played a role in our hormones and how that now translates to today because we don't have the same kinds of um, acute stressors that we had back when we were, you know, you know, hundreds of years ago or thousands of years ago, whatever. But now we have taxes and we have, you know, all these other things and our body's stress mechanisms respond the same way and how it affects our health. So it's like one, that's just one show. And again, it's like an individual show. You can choose the topics that you watch. Um, and, Cole and I really enjoyed that one. I would watch it with the whole family, but I don't know what they were doing. Maybe they were at baseball practice or something. And so that's just one that like Cole and I started watching together that we really enjoyed. Um, I heard about a show called Diagnosis, Diagnosis on Netflix being really good, but I haven't watched it. Have you? No, I haven't. Okay. Um, that again is supposed to be like unveiling the medical world diagnosing something in quotation marks versus like root cause and, and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. So that might be interesting to you. Again, I haven't watched that, but it was recommended to me by a couple of people that I trust. (laughs) Um, and the paleo way is on Netflix with Pete Evans starring on that show community representatives like 
the paleo mom, Miss Sarah Valentine. Mm-hmm. And um, there's also an episode with Danielle from Against All Grain. There's all kinds of people on that show that you would recognize. Um, and so if you haven't already watched The Paleo Way, it's there. You can watch it. <laughs> that was, uh, I ha- also have to say, that was the first uh, television show that I was ever, like, a part of. And it was so much fun filming with Chef Pete. Like, it, it was, that was such a fun day for me it's also kind of cute to look back at you and Danielle like at the beginning of your success and your careers or different kids yeah you know five years ago I think four years ago that we think it it. came out three years ago but was filmed like four or five years ago yeah yeah um and it was actually filmed at uh in Austin while I was there for paleo effects and we add I added a day to to film with with uh chef Pete so it was um yeah it was a it was a fun I remember you project. doing your hair for that show because we it, were sharing a house. It mostly, it mostly cooperated. <laughs> okay. Another fun show, not on Netflix. So let's say you don't have Netflix. Um, our family really likes to watch YouTube shows together. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of really good content out there on YouTube. So if you're a parent and you're not yet watching YouTube with your kids, I would recommend that you do that. Um, it'll allow you to see their watch history if you connect your smart TV to it. Um, and you can, it's just my little like, <laughs> be a parent, <laughs> have a little <laughs> knowledge about what your kids are doing. Yeah. Um, but also it's allowed us to watch a whole bunch of educational shows together that the boys will find and bring to us. So it encourages them to be doing something other than just watching people play Minecraft. Um Niall Red is one that we recommend for being family friendly. He is a person who does chemistry experiments in the coolest way. He does like time lapses of different kind of metals in uh, working together and different kinds of stuff. And um, he's one of the few people on YouTube that, you know, isn't inappropriate in some sort of way. I personally don't have a problem with my kids hearing some curse words or some jokes, but let's say your kids are younger or you really want something clean to watch with the whole family. Um, as far as we can remember, Matt and I talked about it before the show. I was like, we need to come up with one that's safe. That's the one that we could remember. <laughs> yeah, we don't um, we don't do a very good job of like. Well, my kids are getting old enough yeah, that exactly. I'm actually uh, more intentionally exposing them to that type of language so that they understand it. And it, it actually becomes like a discussion point, like they're not allowed to use it at school. Um, but it's, I think it's really important to understand both the power and the limitations of that type of language and where, where it, um, helps communicate your point versus where it, um, undermines your point. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and I, I think that, um, yeah, that's just, you know, along with some other, right. They're old enough for lots of grown up topics now. And, um, we're, we're trying to do that transition. I'm, I'm, I have like, two more months before I have a teenager. So yeah, Colson high school. Let me just, just, just high school period. I'll just put that there and leave it there. So Cole and I watch a lot of things together that I wouldn't watch with Wesley. Um, because I think once you're in high school, you're, you're an adult, whether you're an adult ready to be independent and ready for the world. No, but I treat him like an adult because I think that's the independence that comes with high school and the expectation, right? I expect a lot from him. And in return, I 
empower him with more adult things. But we've talked about my parenting before and it's not necessarily for everyone, but that's how we approach it. So that's why it was difficult for us to come up with one that was completely safe on YouTube because that's not one of the things that is a priority for us when we're screening. Mm-hmm. But Niall Red, if it is a priority for you, if you have younger kids, that's a really fun one to watch with kids. Um, and completely off topic, but our favorite shows that I would recommend you binge over the holiday season, Queer Eye and Great the Great British Baking Show or Great British Bake Off, depending on what season you're on, um, are updated and there's new seasons and they're just waiting for your holiday break. <laughs> <laughs> the Queer Eye guy is going to Japan. We only watched the first episode so far. We haven't had time for more. And I cried like a baby. I was losing it. It was a woman who um, had basically given up her own home and bought the home next door to dedicate her life to taking care of people in hospice so that they didn't have to live um, alone in a hospital room. And I just, I, my bleeding black heart just could not stop crying the whole show. Um, and I, I love the stories that they tell on that. So if you're not already loving it, or if you do already love it, just FYI, there's a new season. So I'm also going to add one other thing that my family really loves is we like wait every weekend for the new Nova episode to come out. So it's a PBS show um, and they tackle a lot of the types of topics that we've talked about, um, but then expands, right? Like it's always the science behind something. I think that was where Adele became obsessed with volcanoes. She wants to be a volcanologist right now when she grows up. Um, Um, Cool. Right. Nova. N-O-V-A. N-O-V-A. Just a fantastic show. It's been around for for decades and decades and decades. Um, And they have little like mini series within the full series. Um, So highly, highly recommend. Um, And also, you know, my family, it's super important. We are reviewing all of the Star Wars movies in preparation for episode nine. It's like a really (laughs) important thing. Very important. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for that. I just put it on my list. Anything PBS or BBC, I'm like, it's going to be good. Like if they're doing it, it's going to be good. So that's exciting to add to our list. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Did You Know? And like I said at the top of the show, I apologize in advance. This show is my fault. (laughs) (laughs) I tried to pull some stuff together for you. I hope it was helpful. Um, We love to hear from you. And if you have suggested topics or questions that you'd like to submit to us, definitely do so through the contact forms on our website, Real Everything and thepaleomom.com. And we will, of course, include them. I know next week we have a topic planned, but we love to get your feedback and your questions and incorporate it for the future. I'm already going to submit one on your website, Sarah, for why do I not feel good after I travel? Because I feel like that's a show that we need Mm -hmm. to cover. Like it's, yeah, we've talked about, okay, you can sleep and you can drink broth and you can eat nutrients after to recover a little bit. But but like, why does going on an airplane? Yeah. And I know a little bit about that, but I, I want to hear your science on that. There's science. That'd be fine. I know. I know there's science, but anyway, so I'm going to submit that question. You listeners, if you have questions that as you're listening to us talk, you're like, oh, I'd love to hear more about that. Or I wonder about this thing. We love hearing from you. So please don't hesitate to reach out. The contact forms on our website are the best way to get those questions through because, then we don't miss them. They're They'll organized. stay there. Yeah. But if, if you comment on social media, that's also great. We love hearing from you there as well. 
What did I miss? Listening. I was and now I feel like you. I'm like, my voice is tired. I get it. I'm like, oh, no, it's every week. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I was just going to uh, tell our listeners, thanks for listening. And we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to The Paleo View. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes. You can also support us by shopping for our favorite paleo products on the sidebars of our individual websites or by donating through PayPal. I was also going to tell you that if you want to guarantee that your question gets read on the show, that it's really, really helpful if you put in some kind of flattery about the like hosts of the podcast. <laughs> uh, okay, here's my question. Um, you guys are so great specifically Stacy, that last show was amazing um I just have this question you talked about travel why is that why Andina feels so good um yep that's, that's funny it makes the criteria yep check mark <laughs> check mark check mark check mark <laughs>